superhero landing. Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Yeah, tons of stuff because um, obviously this is our Swamp Thing episode. Swamp Thing's coming to DC Universe May 31st. We're going to talk about that in the bulk of our episode. But we had a couple things really just happen this weekend. I, I saw John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Um, I know you haven't seen it by the time this posts. You still haven't seen it. So we'll uh, we'll reconvene probably in two episodes by the time you've seen it. But we have a casting news and we have a series ending. Let's go with the casting news first. I go see John Wick Thursday. I come out. Twitter has imploded. Instagram is buzzing. I got a group text going with a couple of my buddies. Robert Pattinson, yeah. a.k.a. Edward Cullen, a.k.a. Sparkly Vampire, is now Batman. Yes. Uh, first of all, where were you when this happened? Uh, I think I was laying in bed when I seen it, and I text you right away. Yeah. I was like, so Robert Pattinson is Batman. Yeah, and like at the time he was casted and all the news has hit, it wasn't like inked in like it wasn't like carved in stone, you know what I mean? Like it was still like reports are saying Robert Pattinson is in the running and the lead for Batman, but you have Nichols Holt who's gonna be Batman, who may be Batman too. And then it was like an hour later. Robert Pattinson is Batman, and I'm like, Oh no. No, not my Batman. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought was like, not my Batman. Yeah, well, what do you what do you think about the whole Robert Pattinson being Batman? Uh, I don't like it. Is it just you don't like it or because it's him or just because it doesn't fit the tone? I just don't he, I don't think he fits. I mean, I actually talked about this on Box Office Flashback when I did the Twilight episode and I said that he was rumored because he has been for, you know, about a month or two and um yeah, and I and I said I was like, "I don't like it." Um I only seen a handful of movies and majority of them twilight um and i i haven't liked them in anything yeah like tom and i talked about it too and tom is all about lance reddick after seeing john wick like the whole franchise like lance reddick should be batman he should be play jesus in the next jesus (laughs) documentary or jesus film like he's all about lance reddick and like i thought like honestly keanu would have been a great batman i don't know about bruce wayne yeah but great batman i think that when you do a batman casting you you don't get too big for your britches if there's somebody that like you can plug in not plug and play but like plugs right into it like looks like batman has the body the physique cast him don't try and be like oh well you need not what you want yeah oh we're gonna be different you know what i mean we're gonna we're gonna be unexpected and here's robert Pattinson. no i just i i wouldn't if it was between really him and Nicholas Holt, I would have liked Nicholas Holt better. Yeah, I think most people would have too. Um, I don't think he was on my – neither of them were on my radar to replace Ben Affleck. Um, but – I don't think they were on – they weren't on anybody's radar at that point. Like who would have thought – like Robert Pattinson's like my build. Yeah. Like that's not – I don't have a Batman body. I have like Batman – I got a Batmite body. I mean I I hope I'm proven wrong. Um, I was proven wrong with Aquaman, and I was proven wrong. Well, I wasn't really against Le- Zachary Levi as Shazam, but I really enjoyed that. So maybe I will be proven wrong with Robert Pattinson, but as of right now, I don't like it. You know, it, it's Matt Reeves, and I like Matt Reeves, and I'm, I've trusted Matt Matt Reeves through his career so far. Uh, but we talked about it before; like everybody can let you down. Yep. And this could be his moment to let me down. I know, you know, we all see Robert Pattinson as Edward Cullen, a shiny vampire, but that was based off a book that was written. Like, he, he did, like, he acted. That was it. You know, it wasn't like this was his original story. This is how he wanted to portray vampires. That's the role he was given. So, source material, those movies are bad in general. There's nobody in that movie that was like, oh my God, they're amazing. Like, that was, that's Twilight. I try to eliminate that from my, my biasness. I've saw, let's see, I saw. Lost City of Z. I didn't see that. I honestly couldn't remember it. Uh, I watched it on a flight to Ireland. It 
didn't stick with me. I was like trying to get into it because I believe like most of it took place in Ireland and like South America between the two. And I was like, I'll watch this. And, you know, it had some of my least favorite actors in Charlie Hunnam and Robert Pattinson. So I was like, oh, this is this was rough. But then he did that movie Good Time. You remember when that came out? I think that was like an A24 movie. Uh, 2017 no i never seen it never heard of it it was like a fast pace he looked like a junkie but like he was like fighting like a street rat he looked like it was like a new york hipster version of aladdin (laughs) and and he like played aladdin but he was in that and that got like pretty good reviews and like it was kind of the the re-emergence of robert pattinson the fact that he went from being a vampire and doing water for elephants and he did this art artsy movie where it was like no holds barred he was a little more violent it's kind of like what people thought with uh, Joaquin Phoenix once he started doing like those Amazon movies. I don't know. Um, I'm not excited about this. I'm not going to be surprised if it's bad. I'll be pleased if it's good because obviously we love Batman and Batman's a character that you shouldn't be able to get wrong. Yeah. You know, source material of 80 years, you would think that you could get it right. But then, you know, besides Robert P- Pattinson being in it, they're saying that this movie is going to feature six villains, including the Penguin and Catwoman. Yeah, they said it's going to be a rogues gallery. And I love the idea, but makes me leery. And we talk about this all the time, where a lot of movies have all these villains, you know, prominently comic book movies. And they... Yeah, prominently Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man. Um, yeah, a lot of them Spider-Man. Uh, and they just don't... They feel jumbled and cluttered. And I'm I'm leery on it. Like I think it's cool that we could see a rogues gallery, but that makes me a little leery. And the other thing they kept they they're saying that it's based in the '90s. Yeah, it doesn't speed up. It doesn't catch up with the current DCEU. And I think that would be cool. And I think, I mean, my opinion, and I've been wanting this for a while. If they want to really separate themselves, give them the gray and blue suit. Yeah, I, I get that. But, like, the whole thing is, like, you're trying to build this universe. You're trying to connect everything. And now you have the one-shot Joker movie that's set in, like, the 50s. And then you got Batman. Nah, that looks be, like the 70s. Whatever, 70s, 50s. You know, compared to today, it, it's yeah. ancient. But you go to Batman, who's going to be set in the 90s, potentially. And it doesn't fit. You already established that Justice League has happened so is robert pattinson the young version of ben affleck is that what they're trying to go with uh, i don't know and if so what happens if this is successful and how you are cast, they g- you cast an older batman josh Brolin. You, you have to speed up the process so if this is all right let's say this is continuity you keep Batman in the 1990s. We know that Ben Affleck was the Batman that we saw going into what we have established now. That's Shazam, uh, Aquaman. I almost called him Waterman. Aquaman and Wonder Woman. We know that they know Batman, or at least two of them know Batman. Shazam doesn't know Batman yeah. yet, but knows that he exists. Blah blah blah. And it's Ben Affleck. You let Robert or uh, Robert Pattinson have one, two movies. Then you speed it up when Justice League or Flashpoint happens or whatever. If Flashpoint is the linchpin to this, then you can go back into the 90s and everything be set in the 90s. You know, Wonder Woman is coming into the 84. You know, that the next one's 84. So she might be able to meet Robert Pattinson's young Batman in 1984. I don't I don't know. Yeah, because she's not supposed to age. So. No, but this whole thing is convoluted. Oh, no. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just like, ah, we're just going to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And that's really, I think, what they're doing. Yeah, and we don't we don't come here to bash DC. Every but every time we talk DC, there's always something negative. Whether it's a casting with this, and we're going to talk Swamp Thing, and that's accompanied by negativity and the uncertainty. So DC has always got this dark cloud, and we, you and I have talked about this, and Tom and I have talked about this, and everybody who's a fan of DC Comics have talked about this. They need to abandon Warner Brothers. Yeah. I understand that that's the big umbrella and you get the money from them, but Marvel did it independently and had backers. I think DC should do the same thing, get the right creative team, and you can move forward with that. But to the six villain part of the Batman rumors, I'm thinking that this movie's more about them and it will feature Batman. I can see that. 
because like why do we need another origin of batman if they give me another origin just set in the 90s i'm gonna kill myself like i do not need to see martha and thomas wayne get killed again i do not need to see bruce fall into a cave i do not need to see bats flying next to him i already saw that in the batwoman trailer yeah i don't know i mean i honestly i i think we're going to see some sort of origin i i absolutely agree with you i don't think it's going to be you know batman begins um but I think it's kind of a la what we've seen in Batman vs. Superman. I don't need that again. I know we don't need it again, but they're going to show it again. But why? We know who Batman is. There's nobody, unless you were frozen for 90 years, you don't know who, you know who Batman is. There's so, you know, it's infuriating, Chuck. Like, this whole DC dumpster fire, it, it just should just be called DF Comics, dumpster fire comics, and then move on. Don't stop making movies, I guess. I've came to a realization that I try not to understand what they're doing because if you try to sit there and really think of what their plan is and what they're trying to do, you'll go crazy because they don't have a plan. There's nothing set in stone. They just seems like whatever flavor of the month is, that's what they're going to go with. Yeah, people love leather. People love Batman. Let's go with that. I don't know, but that's one thing. We're going to do a full episode on the Batman once yeah. we find out more about it. But we're going to move from one negative discussion to another negative discussion. Game of Thrones ended yeah. and gave us a finale that was in the one of the worst finales. Now, I didn't watch Lost, yeah. so I don't know that pain. It's not, it's not as bad as Lost. Yeah, that's what everybody keeps saying, and this was not good. No, it wasn't. I, I mean, I it's been three days since we've watched it. I've dissected it. I've watched the, the episode again, and I want it to be like, what is going on? What am I missing that's going to make this better than it is? And by by standards of ending series, I think they ended, they ended it on a note where you're like, okay, this is what happens. But they also left it open for like a 10-year movie or sequel or miniseries. When Tyrion's like, come see me in 10 years, a lot of things are going to change. Yeah. And and as soon as he told John that, I was like, what in the world is happening? Are we getting more? Are they going to do a spinoff with Tormund and the wild uh, the wildlings and Jon Snow in the middle of the, the north? I would be cool. Do you want it, though? No. Because it's just a continuation. You can just continue to go with Game of Thrones. Now, who's to blame it for this, Chuck? Is it the writers the creators of the series, or is George R. R. Martin to blame for this? Are you thinking George R. R. Martin because he never finished a book? I'm picking George R. R. Martin because he never finished the books, for sure. What He hasn't put out anything since Dances with Dragons and has had, they gave him a, a full year to finish writing. Yeah. It's... Do you think he's just so against the series now that he's like, all right, put out whatever you want to end it, and then I'm going to end it, and I'm going to sell billions of dollars on this book because it's going to be so much better than what you ended our well, series with. They said he finished a book, like, recently. Like, what, like a couple weeks ago? Let's be honest, though. How long do you think that that book's really been finished? I don't know. I think it's been finished for a year, and he just wanted to wait. And, yeah, listen, I love George R. R. Martin. I love his books. But he, he had Night Flyers come out. Really haven't heard much about Night Flyers Season 2. And he has been writing this book for what seems to be 10 years. So I don't know. But that that's beyond the point. The episode had its winning moments for me. Uh, I'm so glad Daenerys died. Spoilers, by the way. Yeah, but they get it. People understand. We're talking the finale, Chuck. Are you happy that he she died? I, I get why she died. Yeah, because she was going mad. Yeah, but... I know. In my full opinion, the whole season seemed rushed and forced. Yeah, absolutely. Her writing specifically was horrible. Like they, Tyrion has said at the end of his whole speech when when we got the the big chuckle about democracy ever being an idea, he said, "Who has had a better story than Bran the Broken?" Right? Um, yeah. Daenerys has. John has. Tyrion has. Sansa. Everybody that was sitting in that room besides Robin, who I told Chelsea, I was like, when we first met Robin, Aaron, he was like 13, sucking on a nipple. 
And, <laughs> yeah. I, and it was great to see him back because he did absolutely nothing since episode like 16. Everybody in there had a better story than Bran. The rock that crushed Sansa had, or Cersei had a better story than Bran. I understand why Bran got the throne, and I'm not really mad at it because he's not crazy, and he's also not himself. He's the three-eyed raven. He sees everything. It's essentially giving God the throne. Yeah. What I'm confused about is, like, why wouldn't Jon just be like, hey, Aegon Targaryen, I did what I did because she was going crazy. You know, were you disappointed that he didn't really reveal who he was? Yeah, kind of. Um, but the once they f- he found out who he was, he kind of was against it. You know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, of, of course he was because he wanted to fuck his aunt. And uh, as soon as you know they met in the tower, and he said, "You always be," my, and they kissed. I was like, "He's stabbing her." Yeah, I, I thought. I was so, like, "Yeah, she's sure. dead." Dude, I thought that there were gonna be headshots. Like, I I took this Game of Thrones episode, like the Walking Dead episodes, like when they pan forward on the person's face and you just have their face i'm like oh it's gonna be a headshot like you're gonna see like arrows flying through i will say about this episode um saddest moment was drogan realizing that danny's dead yeah like me and chelsea look at each other like oh man that's like really sad because like he's like nudging her like a service dog would do to like a cop or a soldier and like not moving and then he just grabs her do you think that He's taking Danny to the north to be the Night Queen. Ooh, that would be cool. Because they didn't burn her. No. Like, that's the thing. You're supposed to burn your dead, and they'll come back. So maybe she t- he takes her to the north, and she becomes the Night Queen. Maybe. I mean, I guess we'll never find out, because I don't think we're ever... Well, maybe in 10 years we will, when none of these actors are having any success, and they want to do Game of Thrones 10 years later, and, you know, Tyrion's dead, and Bran's 39, and, you know, Danny and john meet each other in the north again they're setting it up for a whole north series and i know that some of the spinoffs have been canceled but they're setting it up as a, a big north series that we can get sansa is still relevant Arya is like Arya the explorer she's doing her door the explorer ship and then john's with torment he said the hell with the night's watch i'm gonna do what i want i'm gonna have a wife if i want one i also think that um, i know i'm all over but the thing about john not revealing himself was how would the people look at that yeah. He reveals himself as a Targaryen and he just killed his aunt. If you are so quickly to kill your aunt for the throne, it just shows how psychotic you might be, how mad you might be, because that's the whole Targaryen line. They're supposed to be the mad kings and queens. I don't think he wanted that bullshit. Yeah, I did I he just didn't want it. You know, from the get go, he's like, She you're my queen and he just didn't want it. And I don't know, like I, it was the first episode that I've ever watched live. Yeah, that's a big moment for you. You texted me, and I, I didn't congratulate you because I went to bed, and I felt it was too late when I woke up to give you congratulations. But one out of eight seasons, man, congratulations. Yeah, because I, I, I started the series, I think, like two or three seasons in. Yeah, you were late to the party. And then, and then I caught up, and then, you know, it's on late, and I get up early in the morning. So I would a lot of times just watch, I'd always watch it on Monday, yeah. um, but I was like, you know what, it's on at nine, and I'm it's the last episode. I'm gonna watch it, and I kind of wish I went to bed. Dude, I'd said the same thing, I, and I saw a spoiler within thirty seconds of the episode ending on Facebook, and I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't go to bed because I would have been spoiled. Oh, I seen spoilers all over. Like the next morning, it was like five in the morning, and everyone's just spewing shit all over the place. I was like, "Well, good thing I watched it." Yeah, and the one thing I will say about this series is it's still one of my favorite series of all time. Um, I think that the character evolutions for everybody was fantastic. Some people got the raw end of the deal, and I understand that. But the last thing I'm going to pose to you with this, and also I love the actors and actresses that were in this. Like some of them are now my favorite actors. And we got, you know, Richard Madden, who played Rob Stark, is playing Icarus in the Eternals movie, which is fantastic. Yeah. You you know for certain that Kit Harrington and Amelia Clark are going to be pursued by Marvel at one point. And we got her in Star Wars. I know. So you know she's going to go to Marvel next. So you're, we're going to see these characters anymore. Sansa's married to a Jonas brother, which makes me happy. But like the 
the thing I, I have a question about, and you said it was rushed. I feel that it was rushed. A lot of people feel it was rushed. Do you think that they rushed it so they could get to work on their Star Wars stuff, the <sighs> creators? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a possibility. Because, like, Kathleen Kennedy was like, I'm canceling everything Star Wars related besides The Mandalorian. So I feel like get that done, get get at least a little bit of a, a sample of what they're going to do with Star Wars before Kathleen Kennedy sees the finale. So they're like, okay, we still trust you. <laughs> I don't know. That's um, a possibility, but I just, I was, I wasn't, I just didn't like the direction they went. Like, I, yeah. I like the first couple episodes of the season, like the first two were really good. Um, but oh, it just the seemed battle. The, the battle for Winterfell was the best episode of the series. Yeah. And it just really like, it just seems they, you know, had the, you know, their button on their, uh, their thumb on fast forward and they were just trying to rush through everything. And I was like, and then I felt that way last episode and then when it got to the season finale and I watched it all I'm like it just it seems that they were just trying to they wanted to get to the one point and I'm like yeah we only got eight hours of television to do it ah, let's let's cram what should been you know 15 20 hours worth of television let's cram in eight yeah I mean technically it was a little over a little over 10 because most of them were an hour and 20 hour and a half but that last episode the bells right before the finale was uh, probably the, my least favorite episode of anything because you killed off four made five major characters uh, within a matter of five minutes, and two of which were there from day one. They caused the Game of Thrones with Cersei and Jamie, and you really like. I don't think it's poetic justice that they died the way that they did. Like I, I imagine Cersei getting a gruesome death, and I feel that's the death that she deserved because she was a monster, uh, and I feel Jamie needed a, a more noble death. Uh, but that's just me. The mountain and the game bowl was kind of underwhelming for me. The only cool thing that came out of that was that the high sparrow got tossed like a fucking dog toy and killed very quickly. And this is the last thing I'm going to say about game of Thrones because we have swamp thing to talk about. Um, I give the, the directors and the, the creators credit because this was a series that was five books. They did as much as they could for those five books. And at the end they had no source material and they had to end a iconic book story and a series. And did they deliver? Not 100%, but it's not the worst uh, ending no. of any series, and it's not the best. So uh, subpar for me, I'm going to give it a three uh, if we're rating endings, but I'm going to give it a three out of, out of five um, just because of what they led into. They had that one episode of the, you know, the Battle for Winterfell, and it was amazing. And um, I won't hold that against them. Yeah, I'll give it a, um, a three out of five. And you know what? When anyone, when there's cult status like this show or any, you know, big fandom, um, there's always going to be people that are like, I know what I want and I know what Absolutely. should be. And, you know, it doesn't work that way. And are, you, think- are you calling Game of Thrones a cult franchise? No, it's more fandom. It's yeah, because you really- said cult status. I was like, hold yeah. up. No, it's more of a fan. I'm sorry. I was seeing people that, you know, they're trying to petition and, and it's like, that's stupid. Like it is what it is. Like you like it, you move on. You hate yeah. it, you move on. Yep, exactly. And we, we're moving on. Perfect yep. segue, Chuck. We're moving right into Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing is a character from DC Comics who was created by Len Wynn, co-creator of Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Storm, and Colossus. So that man has created your favorite X-Men and my second favorite X-Men, which is awesome. And Bernie Wrightson, uh, which both... I didn't know this, but both uh, had passed away in 2017. I knew Len died. I didn't yeah. know Bernie died, but they died six months apart. And I think that's uh, that's crazy that they both died. And what's died. crazy is, like, when Len died, they they were putting it in all the comics. Rest in be- and then I didn't even know Bernie died. Exactly. Well, you know, Bernie had, had this and he had some other non-Marvel and DC stuff that he worked on. So Len was more iconic, and I completely understand that. Uh, but... Swamp Thing has gone by many names, Chuck, beginning with Alex Olsen in House of Mystery number 92 in July of 71, Alec Holland, uh, Swamp Thing number 1, November 72, who will be the focus of this episode, uh, Albert Hull Rare, uh, Swamp Thing number 47, May of 1986, 
Chiefy Holland, Swamp Thing number 90, December 1989, the daughter of Alec Holland. Alan Holman, Swamp Thing number 102, December of 1990. Aaron Haley, Swamp Thing, The Roots, uh, March 1998. And Cabareth H. A.H. Rogers, Swamp Thing number one in 2011. And writers like Alan Moore, Doug Wheeler, and Scott Snyder uh, have all worked on the character. Swamp Thing is a humanoid plant-based hybrid who is known as the Elemental whose purpose is to protect the swamp, the environment, and the green from the supernatural and non-supernatural damage. And in terms of powers, Chuck, you know this, but our listeners may not, Swamp Thing can control any form of plant life, whether it's, you know, domestic here or it's far on another planet. He can accelerate its growth and manipulate its behaviors. He has uh, superhuman strength and durability and has the ability to make himself grow larger than any human. After a run by Mark Miller... Swamp Thing has now been able to master all the elements, air, water, earth, and fire. So Swamp Thing is essentially Captain Planet, which is awesome. He was also a member, he is also a member of the Parliament of Trees, the White Lantern Corps, Justice League Dark, and Justice League, and he has been featured in movies, television, both live action and animated, and has been featured in over 300 comics, as well as giant DC one-shots that you can purchase at Walmart. So Chuck, when you think about Swamp Thing, what do you think about Swamp Thing as the character? Where do you stand with the man from the swamps? I always thought he was cool. Um, I wasn't a big fan of him when I was younger, but I, I thought his design was always neat. You know, um, he's very uh, Frankenstein-esque. And, you know, kind of this monster, but has a, um, a soft human side. And it was... I, I always liked it. I thought it was... Badass, you know, we'll talk about the movies and stuff in the comics, but, um, like, the design of him is yeah, awesome. Got- and especially, and he kind of stayed the same design his entire yeah, run. Yeah, I mean, at some points he he grew, like, horns and, like, a crown because he was, like, the king of the parliament, which is cool. But, yeah, for the most part, he's just been, like, a sack of swamp sludge in a human body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, he... And with the crown, he also uh, has wings. Yeah, that's pretty cool. In, in, in the iterations, and um, the uh, he was really cool in um, the Injustice Two video game. Yeah, he's one of my favorites in that game. And I usually don't go for the the bigger of the characters, but man, he is because awesome. they're slower. Yeah, like Grodd sucks in that game. Yeah. Oh, Grodd's awful. Yeah, but the Swamp Thing is is super dope in that game. Yeah. Um. So you know. And that's something you can't really like. A lot of times, characters throughout the years, you know, he's been you know forty some years. Um, he didn't have a lot of character changes. I mean, there was times where different mantles took, but his, like I said, his design stayed the same, and I, I think it's pretty badass. Yeah, the the weirdest storyline for Swamp Thing was like the New Fifty Two rebirth of him, where like Al Collin died and like drifted into the bottom of the swamp. And, like, the parliament made, like, a swamp thing in general. And then that swamp thing grew, grew a consciousness and, like, teleported itself to, like, outer space so it could live amongst itself. It was real weird. And Al Collin came back and became Swamp Thing again. But for me, Swamp Thing's a little different than where you are, just with it just being a cool character and liking its design. Um, I will say that Swamp Thing has sat as high as number 28 on IGN's top 100 comic book list, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. And he's beat like some severely fan favorites. But uh, personally, for me, I have always loved Swamp Thing. He's been one of my favorite characters since I was a kid. I remember watching the television show, the animated series, uh, the movies. I remember just just diving into that world um, mainly because I was like a big fan of like wildlife and nature and like protecting the nature, like Captain Planet. And and then Swamp Thing kind of fit that universe, so I gravitated towards it. Um, fun fact, I was Swamp Thing for Halloween as I, uh, at seven years old. Oh my god, please tell me you have pictures. Uh, my mom probably does. She made the costume for me, and I, I, as far as I can remember, it was amazing. But as far as Swamp Thing in general, um, I think that he's an underrated hero, uh, yeah. and I'm really glad he's getting his due You know, with the inclusion into Injustice 2, like you said, the ongoing Justice League Dark series, uh, which is, I believe, number... God, I think it's like number 11 or number 12 comes out the day that we release this. So go pick that up. Uh, and not to mention his team up with uh, Mossman in the Masters of the Universe Injustice miniseries, which uh, I'm still hoping we get a animated series for mm-hmm. just for that team up. Like, I don't need to see anything else. I just need to see that team up and I'm going to be ready to go. But what do you think about his story? 
because he's like got a really really weird story and we're only gonna like when we talk the preview of swamp thing we're only going to talk about the tv story but what do you think about his story in general it's crazy you know what i mean it's uh that alec holland i mean that's the only iteration that i really know so um you're not a big uh castius or chastian a.h wells no that's the scott snyder run now i'm not really familiar with that one but i don't think a lot of people are to be <laughs> honest with you i mean i like scott snyder a lot but yes yeah. um, i mean he should direct the batman movie yeah you know his story is really cool how you know alec allen dies and the swamp kind of kind of gives him a rebirth and he becomes this freakishly grotesque monster but then inside is still alec which uh i think is really cool but just i i always liked the setting too of in the swamp and is because you're not in the city like everything you know you're not metropolis you're not in gotham you're you're in the like the bayou yeah you're in slaughter slaughter swamp yeah and i think that's really cool i think it's it's a different setting you know he's not this gaping cow guy that's saving the city you know it's just this grimy dirty character in a swamp yeah man he's like one of the first horror heroes yeah you know what I mean? We we had all the slashers and like seventies came like we had Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Michael Myers, all that stuff was coming out and they're like, Well, let's kind of like work on a character and I think Len Len was working on a uh, a character that became Swamp Thing on a train and they were talking about it and it's like, What's the name? He's like, I don't know, this is that swamp thing that I'm working on and that's what they called him Swamp Thing. Uh the the story in general, like the one that you're talking about is is really good when he kinda like dies and then becomes the swamp thing it's fantastic but it's he was destined he was like chosen to be swamp thing al collin was by the parliament they knew that because of his love for the green and the stuff that he was working on that he was going to be their champion and it's very like the thing about this is like it's very shazam and like at, as far as the movie goes and thor like where you have to be worthy of the mantle mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the parliament picks you the swamp picks you it's kind of like imprinting uh, a la jacob black imprinting bella's baby in breaking dawn <laughs> your your favorite moment but i just think i think that that like his story is just it's so deep and so confusing and it's so out there that you really need to just spend hours diving into it to fully understand and fully embrace and respect it and i think that that just uh shows how much love this character has gone through in the 40 plus years through several writers like they only get like some of the best writers to work on this which is fantastic so his story is one of my favorites because again it's it's completely different than well you, you became a superhero like if i wanted to be a superhero swamp thing would probably be the last aesthetic i would go for <laughs> yeah but like but the powers are, are really cool so you know kind of on the fence with that but were you a fan of his stories growing up or did you later grow to become a fan of swamp thing I wasn't really a fan, and I'll talk about this too. I wasn't a really uh, DC comic fan back in the day. I was more of a I I liked, you know, Batman, but I didn't really um, stray too far from that. So it wasn't until, you know, in the past couple of years when I really started getting into comics, and, you know, he was in Metal, and you, the before-mentioned Master of the Universe, uh, he played a huge role because he was the one that got the heroes to Eternia. Yeah. And that was really cool. And his involvement in Just Lee Dark, which right now is one of my uh, favorite series. I'm one behind. But um, that series, you know, the lineup is amazing. And Swamp Thing. And the, ca- the cameos are amazing, too. Yeah. You know, Blue, Blue uh, Demon coming in there. Blue Devil. Yeah, Blue Devil. Sorry. Um, I'm thinking of a, what lives inside me, the Blue Demon. But, uh, yeah, the Blue Devil's inclusion, like, I think it was, like, issue six was amazing because it just kind of segues perfectly into the series, which is really cool. And uh, so, you know, it wasn't until in the past couple of years that I really appreciated Swamp Thing. I always thought he was cool. And, um, you know, with the I've seen the TV shows and movies. But, um, you know, in the comics itself and the storylines, I didn't get into Swamp Thing till past couple of years. And I did buy that uh, the winter special last year. That was really cool. It- yeah, did you you didn't buy the Valentine's Day special? No, I did not. That, I don't think anybody did, honestly. But um, we, we talked about it. I was a fan of Swamp Thing as a kid, but it was more media rather than comics. I was a movie TV guy. Uh, the cartoon was like five episodes, and it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, but 
I loved what he was about in the series and the the movies. And had I been more accessible to comics, I would have probably picked gravitated towards his comics. But as an adult, same here, man. I'm I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan in comics. Justice League Dark is my favorite DC Universe uh, story. Besides. Uh, what's going on with Heroes in Crisis? I really enjoy that. I would love to see Swamp Thing join that, but Justice League Dark as an ongoing series and not a miniseries has been fantastic and has been really stellar. And I really liked his inclusion in Metal, Masters Universe, stuff like that, but his Black as Night storyline when he becomes a White Lantern, crazy. It blew my mind. Never thought it would happen. Uh, and that's a story, if you haven't read Chuck, to I would definitely dive into and check that out because you'll appreciate so many more characters in that. And uh, I would really like to do a Black as Night uh comic um episode of the podcast eventually but let's talk a little bit about what he's been featured in his media and we'll go back to 1982 i wasn't born yet but swamp thing made his big screen debut in the form of wes craven's directed film starring dick Darrow, uh ray weiss Luis jordan and adrian barbo who will ironically appear in the new series uh it it made 18 million and it ushered in the 1989 sequel the return of the swamp thing which saw jordan and uh duruk return and added heather locklear as abby arcane and a 1990 series starring dick deroke uh patrick neil quinn and mark Lindsay chapman which ran for 72 episodes and then later an animated series which ran for five episodes so what did you think of the series and the movies and the media that he was featured in back in the 80s 90s uh i've never seen the cartoon um, because oh, it, was only so, fi- it was only five episodes. Chuck, um, it's so good. It's so good. I I do remember my dad watching uh, the Return of Swamp Thing because I remember Heather Locklear, and I remember it was cheesy. It was very oh, campy. Um, they were so they were so bad. And they they marked it. A, you know, if you're looking under IMDb, it's a sci-fi comedy. Yeah. And. Yeah. I do remember the show because I remember him watching it, and I'm almost positive it was on USA Network. It was on USA Network. New Jersey. Um, but no, Nationwide, it was USA. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I remember that, and I remember it was a darker tone. I didn't see like every episode, but I remember he would have it on um, because my dad wasn't so much a comic book fan. Uh, he liked horror. Yeah. So... Um, you know, when Swamp Thing came out in 1982, I was, I was born, so You're I just wasn't the watching. Birth, yeah. And um, I remember him saying he liked it because he liked horror movies. And then I remember he, he, we watched The Return of Swamp Thing, and he was like, "Oh, this movie sucks." And then the the series were more gauged on the horror side. They kind of yeah, got rid of the campiness, and I remember he would watch it because of that. Um, well, Len and, Len and Barry were kind of more influential and, and had their voice heard greater in the series as opposed to Wes Craven's vision and then the director who did the sequel. Wes didn't do the, the no, sequel. No, he didn't. Now, and, the de- design of Swamp Thing in the Wes Craven, I think, was awful. Oh, it was very toxic Avenger-like. Yeah. Um, I think his look in The Return of Swamp Thing was a little better. Yeah. Uh, but his su- his... The- his look was like very. His nose was very pointy. Yeah, and it was smooth. It was like a crawfish tail that formed into a nose. And like his his face was smooth. And when I think of Swamp Thing, I I think of rough and rugged and bumpy. Like he he had a very slick designed face, and to me, that's not Swamp Thing. No, not at all. Um, I've already talked about it. I love the series. The movies are a guilty pleasure of mine. I think I've most recently watched Return of the Swamp Thing like a year and a half ago <laughs> just to watch it. And I know I've made mention to this on several episodes, but um, as my love for Swamp Thing as a child, ironically, I married someone who's related to the showrunner and developer of Swamp Thing. Chelsea's great uncle, Joseph Stefano, was the showrunner for the Swamp Thing series. And which is awesome, you know. I you know wish he were alive, missed opportunity because we could talk to him on the podcast right now. But you know, uh, maybe subconsciously the green was pulling me towards Chelsea and be like, marry this woman because she knows Swamp Thing. <laughs> could could have been cool, but I mean, I absolutely loved the series. Uh, it was my real first taste towards superheroes, uh, besides the the cartoons like the Batman and X Men. And like you Swamp were pretty Thing. young when that. I was way, dude. I was way too young to be watching this. 
way too young to be watching this. I used to watch the movies and the series with my grandpa. It was like baseball game on Prism, and then we're like, ooh, we're going to move right over to USA, and we're going to watch Swamp Thing. And I was like, all right, I want to spend time with my grandpa. My dad was like, let's go watch Little House on the Prairie and like Highway to Heaven. I was like, nah, bro. Bye, Felicia. We're watching a Swamp Thing with grandpa. So that's where I was with it. You ever watch, you ever watch Highway to Heaven? Uh, yeah, with Michael Landon, right? Dude, that had to be a staple in your house, right? I don't think so. He's from Collingswood, I believe. I'm surprised with your mom's strong faith that you didn't watch Highway to no. Heaven or at least Touched by an Angel. Uh, no, you know what? You know what was a staple in my house? Like I Love Lucy, Petticoat Junction. Oh, the old the throwback stuff. Yeah, that's all she watched. All in the family. Yeah did you did you see their? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, but we're getting a series, Chuck. Coming to DC Universe, James Wan is being a part of it. What are your thoughts about the announced series and James Wan being a part of it? Uh, before James, I knew James Wan was, um, I was kind of excited because uh, I, I liked Swamp Thing. Um, but I was a little afraid because I was like, okay, how's it going to do? How's it going to be done? Is it going to be CGI? If it's CGI, it could be shit. It has yeah. to be practical. Um because the CGI could be cheesy, especially being on a DC app at the time. We haven't seen anything from DC app. So I'm like, are they going to have a budget to do something like this? Because it's, you know, it's different than having Robin in a costume. Yeah. Even if you're having Swamp Thing, like, that's that's a pretty elaborate special effect costume. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, how are they, you know, I hope, I, I was like, I, it's got to be practical. So I was leery um, when I found out James Wan was a part of it. I was a little more confident. You know, he's been very successful in the world of dark and creepy. Yeah. Which, you know, is the Swamp Thing world. Like, you know, we're not we're not getting the campy Return of the Swamp Thing. We're getting this dark and gritty Swamp Thing series. And, you know, James Wan has done it perfect. Like, you know, Aquaman really didn't fit. Aquaman was great. But... For everything that James Wan put out, he did a Fast and Furious movie in Aquaman. And that's kind of different than his repertoire that we yeah. normally see. Um, yeah, just go back and watch all like The Conjuring, and that's his repertoire. Yeah. That's his that's his demo reel. And yeah. Saw. Yeah. Like, and, he knows creepy suspense horror. And, yeah, it's great. And like I said, Aquaman, I loved. Um, I think it was better than Wonder Woman. And I think it was it, Aquaman. On my part, is that my favorite DC uh, EU movie? I agree, and, and I think that's the consensus for most people. And he did great, and it was it was out of his realm, and which was you know he went out of his comfort zone and went it. And Aquaman wasn't dark and creepy; it was very bright. You know, the dark and creepy part was when we seen uh, the trench, yeah. but besides that, it was a very beautiful bright movie um so i'm kind of glad he's going back to his roots with this dark creepy um you know setting yeah i think you know i, I i'm gonna echo your thoughts i you had me sold on swamp thing when they announced swamp thing i said take my seven dollars i'm excited <laughs> any any more time i can go back to the swamp like that's my environment i love the woods i love the swamp this is completely against your environment. You're more of the Capes and Cows guy, where if you were a superhero, you'd be in the city, where I would be like, yeah, take me to the swamp. I'll fight guys in pig masks. I'm fine with that, but they had me on that. James Wan was just the icing on the cake. Him and Atomic Monster, his production team. I love everything they do. The rest of the stuff that he did was amazing, and it was just the next thing was like, who are they going to cast in this? And DC Universe has been kind of all over the place with casting. It's like yeah. mid-level to declining stars with like brendan frazier and you know we got a little bit of that too with this uh let's talk a cast a little bit we got andy bean who's playing alec holland Derek mirrors who you know as jason uh mm -hmm. as swamp thing crystal reed who was sophia falcone in gotham is playing uh, abby arcane who is a cdc doctor investigating a horrific life-threatening epidemic in her hometown uh maria sten is playing liz tremaine a local newspaper reporter and bartender who is a close friend with a Abby. I'm thinking Liz also has a podcast that we're not going to hear about, but I think she has one. Uh, you got Gerald Prescott, who's playing uh, Madam Xanadu. 
uh, a blind fortune teller who has psychic abilities and can reveal the future. And that's like the soft Madame Xandu. Like in the Justice League Dark Universe, she's super powerful. Uh, powerful. Yeah. So I'm very excited that we got her. We got Virginia Madsen is playing Maria Sutherland. Will Patton's playing Avery, Avery Sutherland. Henderson Wade is playing Matt Cable. Kevin Durand, who was my casting for one of my castings for Swamp Thing, is playing a scientist. Uh, yeah. Jason Woodrow uh, doesn't fit, but I'm happy. And then we got the declining star who's looking for a reemergence, and we got Ian Zerling, who's playing uh, Daniel Cassidy, aka the Blue Devil, a former stuntman who played the Blue Devil on film uh, to regain his career. And we're gonna see a little bit of that origin. So, what do you think about the cast? Uh, like you said, we we get that we definitely get people that we recognize with Virginia Martin, who is a former Academy Award winner nominee, or not winner nominee. Um, Will Patton, who's kind of been in everything, and then you know we get some people that I don't really uh, recognize. Is I didn't really know uh, Andy Bean, and yeah. the only thing I knew Andy Bean from was his It Chapter Two casting. That, exactly. He, he's going to play Stanley Uris, and yes. I've never seen him before. Um, and then Crystal Reed, the only thing I knew her was when she played Sophia Falcone, and I liked her in it. So I was like, okay, you know, she's a pretty young face. Um, why not put her as, as Abby Arcane? And yeah. then, uh, you know, kind of saying that we're declining is, um, you know, another 80s star is uh, Jessica Beals. She's Je- um, Jennifer Beals, I'm sorry. Does like Jessica Beals in this? Declining? Did you watch the center? No, but she plays like a, a sheriff. Yeah. Um, and uh, but like honestly, I'm really excited for Blue Devil. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for everything, right? Yeah. Be- but they've kind of said it from what I'm seeing, based on this casting and based on all the trailer and stuff. Like, is the Blue Devil going to be the antagonist to swamp thing or the protagonist to swamp thing is swamp thing going to be the villain in the beginning and blue devil's trying to come out of retirement to help the to help swamp thing are we going to see the full culmination where nero who has been spending so much time in the legends of tomorrow universe um possessing ray and gary and all this shit are we going to see nero con daniel to let a demon into him you know because like his his whole origin is like the demon comes from hell sees daniel cassidy in his blue devil suit and then boom right into it because he thinks he's a devil he goes in there and that's how it happens he like, becomes a demon are we going to see that or are we just going to see like the you know silicone suit with the mask i'm wondering about that but like i'm also worried like who is the villain is is the villain like does those vines are they trying to allude that that's the rot and arcane are we going to see those characters so the cast uh, you know great no i didn't again i didn't know i don't know your lead yeah um i think the villain's going to be uh kevin duran yeah you think he becomes arcane yeah well you know he's this um bioscientist and and it says, you know, from what I was reading, he has a tragic and monstrous consequences for him. So I, I think somehow, you know, he's the villain. Okay. Um, but you know what this kind of reminds me of a little bit. What it reminds me of, like Incredible Hulk. Okay. Like the movie where, like, you're waiting to see when the abomination shows up. And I feel like episode six, we're going to see Arcane or the Rot. Like, we, we see, like, the vines turning into, like, death and despair. But I don't know if we're going to see, like, a solidified villain until, like, towards the end of the season. Yeah. And to what you were saying is, like, with the Blue Devil, I don't... I I like his character development in Dark um, Justice League Dark. Yeah. But I don't... From what with trailer, we just see... We see Ian Zeering's face. And he kind of looks scared. And then we see the blue devil mask. And is it like, you know, how does that be? Like you were saying, how does it become? Like, I don't think we get the true blue devil form that we see in the comics. No, I don't don't think so either. And if we do, maybe that's the, this is the groundwork for a potential blue devil series. If Swamp, uh, you know, Swamp Thing takes off and Sharknado 19 
you know, makes more money than God. You know, you never know what's going to happen. I want to talk the premise a little bit, and then we're going to finish up with expectations and all this fun stuff. But uh, in a secret facility located in Louisiana swampland, scientist Alec Holland and his wife Linda invented a bio-restorative formula that would solve any nation's food shortage problems. Ferret and Bruno, thugs working for Nathan Ellerly, barged into Alec's lab, knocked him out, and planted a bomb in the facility. Alec woke up, and just as the bomb exploded in flames, he ran into the swamp, his body then drenched in bio-restorative formula, and this affected the plant life in the swamp, thus turning him into the Swamp Thing created by the Green. When you think of that premise, and you think about the design of Swamp Thing and the footage, where are you at with the series? I'm totally on board. Um, Yeah. The only weird thing with the footage is we talked about this. It's like Fifty Shades of Green. Dude, it like same thing. I like in my head, like the first trailer came out and I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like it was horror. It was scary. Like it was it was James Wan at his best. Yep. The second trailer and all the promo pictures that came out with like after that were exactly Fifty Shades of Swamp. Then I went to IMDb and it's it's uh, horror, thriller, romance, fantasy. That's the genres that this fitting in. And I'm like, what in the fuck am I about to watch? Like, am I watching Swamp Twilight? (laughs) Yeah. I, that one image that I showed you, and it was like Abby laying down, and it was like Swamp Thing caressing her. Dick her down. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, when I think Swamp Thing, I don't think romance. At all. I think the love of Abby and Alec, you know what I mean? That, that, that bonding love where she falls in love with like a big old pile of sewage yeah. like she's all about it i don't picture this being a love series and also don't picture james wan writing a love story and well he's not writing it but producing a love story um the design of swamp thing is fantastic he looks oh, amazing yep. the the set design is awesome i believe they shot this in north carolina it looks amazing uh transport me to the swamp you know the the blue devil cameo in the trailer was amazing what it kind of looks like Professor Pig is in this too, or just a character who's wearing the pig mask. Mm-hmm. That that looks awesome. You know, Derek Mears is, a, is a, a force. You know, you know him as the silhouette of Jason. Now he's a silhouette as, as Swamp Thing, and he's enormous, and Swamp Thing looks great. They just released, a, I know your social media blackout until uh, John Wick, but they, they released a new still of Swamp Thing. Just, just Swamp Thing. I'll send it to you. Amazing. Okay. Amazing, dude. It's everything we imagine Swamp Thing to be, and it's got a lighter, like it's got that, it's got light on it. So it's a lighter green, and it looks really good. It's layered. It's deep. It doesn't look like a suit. It just looks like they really just piled the swamp on Derek Mears. So I'm yeah. on board with it. the The main thing was the footage. That second trailer kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I texted a few people. It left a bad taste in their mouth. I'm still on board, but I'm a little leery now after seeing that it's going to be more of a love story. Yeah, uh, that kind of took me by surprise. Like the first trailer, like you said, is is amazing. It's horror. It's everything you want in the Swamp Thing story. Um, so I'm hoping maybe they just cut it different and maybe try to get a see if they can get a different demographic. You know, you got the horror demographic and maybe like oh let's try to bring some women in here. Yeah, or, they're trying um, to get that Fifty Shades audience. And and then yeah, maybe it was just cut. They because you know editing is such a powerful tool. Yeah, but that still that you sent me, dude, they're laying down. She's in like a lingerie. Like it was it was awful. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping it was just that. You know, it was them trying to cut it different and, you know, trying to get a spin on the footage itself. Um, yeah. so we'll see. You know, we'll see, you know, May thirty first. Yeah, and you know, that that you sounded like you were doing like a big wrestling promo. Yeah, that was a, that was an amazing. We'll see May thirty first. But the, as far as expectations, I know we're we're getting out of here soon. But as far as expectations of the show, like I want James Wan's brand of horror. Yep. I know I you you probably echo that. I'd like to see a little bit of the history of the elementals, the battle of the grays, the red, the rot. I don't know how far they're going to go into this now that it's a ten episode run. So I don't know if we're going to get a lot of the the swamp thing lore. Um, I'm a little disappointed that this won't exist in the same universe as titans and doom patrol i don't think it fits 
I mean, it's in a different part of the country. I think it yeah. could fit every Doom Patrol doesn't fit the in any universe, no. but it's still in the same universe as Titans. Like they're going to the goats, and you know they're all over, and there's an eyeball, whatever. Um, although it's still a great series, I would love for all the DC universe stuff to kind of coexist because then we could get like those crossovers that we get in the CW universe. And I'm also very leery uh, with the series because of all the bad press that has accompanied it. Uh, creative differences between the production team and Warner Media. It led to three episodes being cut off. This was supposed to be 13. It now went down to 10. And then that comes out with rumors that, you know, because of lack of revenue from the DC Universe uh, streaming site, it may be canceled. So it leads me to believe that we are possibly wasting our time with what may possibly be just a one-series Firefly run where, like, yeah. it's going to be cult status. Uh there are my expectations, but I want this to be good. So the point that you can capitalize on that horror, that horror fan and that women demographic so we can get more of this stuff because you think about it, we still have Titan season two filming. We have uh, animated Harley Quinn series. We have star girl coming out in 2020. You know, I would like to see a little more stuff go into this and I don't, I like the DC universe app. So I'm hoping that this is the, you know, we can, put our flag in this and we can keep it moving. What do you think about as far as expectations? Do you want a solid origin story? Uh, yeah, I, I have that. I put, I have a uh, origin story. I want a good origin story because, you know, I do know a little bit about Swamp Thing, um, but I, I really like to see, see a good origin. Um, I don't want 50 shades of green. Nope. And I, I want to piggyback. What if you said is I want James Wan Har. Yeah. And I mean, that's what's going to win people over. Yeah. And this type of horror isn't the slasher, you know, bloody gory. It's the more creepy, you know, his conjuring stuff. Mm-hmm. And although, know, dude, I would love to see Swamp Thing put turn his hand into like a branch or something and just impale somebody. That'd be cool. That would be awesome, right? I mean, we've seen it in Avengers. Yeah. With Groot. But yeah. I think this would be a lot bloodier. Do you um, think? Do you think that's a great point? Do you think that they rush Swamp Thing because of the popularity of Groot? No. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. I mean, I I, I see the similarities. Anything but, is better than Man Thing. Uh, well, I was weird. so excited when R.L. Stein did Man Thing. So disappointed in that series. That was oh, trash. that series was awful. Yeah, that that'll be a Disney Plus uh, series. Ugh. And it'll be and it'll be awesome. You know it will be too. <laughs> It would be, but like when you know when you think R.L. Stein, I'm like, oh, I loved R.L. Stein back in the day, you know, um, with Goosebumps and everything that he's written. And then I was like, you know, that was shortly after the Goosebumps movie came out. Dude, we I, hyped up the Man Thing series so much. We got the first issue, and then we talked about it online, and we were like, oh, this yeah. is bad. But it go back awful. to Swamp Thing. Go back to Swamp Thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, I took you back to another thing. Uh, but yeah, that's you know, I I want to see. A good origin story. I want to see James Wan horror, um, and I just I like the tone, so I want to just continue to see that. All right, let's talk other things you'd like to see. Would you like to see any other characters from his lore show up? Oh, I I I would love to see characters from Justice League Dark. Did you um, like? You probably wrote the same thing that I wrote. Anything from Justice League Dark would be amazing. Yeah, I would love to see Zatanna. Of yeah. course, Constantine. Um, cause you know, him and Swamp Thing do have a, uh, they have an intense partnership. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Bobo. <laughs> we're um, not seeing Bobo. You know, if we're seeing Blue Devil, we could see Bobo. Man Bat makes sense. I, you know, I have that because Man Bat does make sense because Dr. Kirk Langstrom is a scientist. He's yep. a zoologist, but maybe they cross paths somehow with, he's studying the, Animals that are in the swamp. Yep. And yeah. out of everyone, Dr. Kirk Langstrom, a.k.a. Mambat, fits. Yeah, that would be cool. He fits the universe and the tone and fits the character that James Wan would really thrive in. Mm-hmm. Um, did you write anybody else? No. My biggest thing is uh, Mambat. Yeah, I, I agree. That would be a good one. Um, again, Justice League Dark for me. Constantine is huge for me. I'd really like it to be Matt Ryan, the cameo, so we can get that confirmation of the rumors that Constantine is going to get a series on DC Universe. I think he was the only winning part on Legends of Tomorrow this past season. Like he was the only character that I I liked in the series. And I'm like I think five episodes behind. It gets worse, dude. I turned it off in one episode. Like it was and the season finale was last night. 
Constantine carries that series. Every every episode that he's in, he was amazing, and he, and he doesn't a, fit. No, and he deserves a season. He deserves another shot at a series. Yeah. Um, but realistically, if we're going to talk partnerships with Swamp Thing besides Constantine and characters that I think would kind of fit in this universe, that DC Universe app is kind of predicting with like, you know, they're curating like lesser known heroes. Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl. Um, I'd like to see Animal Man. Okay. Um, he has a very deep, you know, history with Swamp Thing. It could kind of go to your Man Bat thing, where Animal Man is in the swamp and he's studying these animals, and then gets the powers to kind of harness their their powers. It's kind, of, you know, Vixen worked twice on multiple series, so I think Animal Man would work too, and it would be a pretty cool kind of segue into the forgotten hero hero series mm-hmm. like we can get instead of getting like the jsa we can get forgotten heroes and like you could do all that but you know that's all pipe dreams because none of this exists in the same universe so instead of animal man what they just gave you animal vegetable mineral man we already have him and i i can't believe that i like honestly i could say anybody from swamp thing lore and i might get it right because doom patrol showed me that you can say animal mineral vegetable man and he'll show up uh beard hunter and he'll show up. And Danny of the Street. You can show up. All these people can show up. Yeah. It's just they, it's ab- absolutely crazy. And potentially Clarion. Yeah. Was that, what is that Clarion in Doom Patrol? You saw, you know what episode I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I don't think it's Clarion. But he's got a cat. He does have a cat. And he's got powers. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think that I th- was Clarion. I think Clarion fits in this universe in Swamp Thing. Yeah, and it needs to be uh, Taylor Lautner. Really? No, no, not at all. Uh, we th- we know Taylor Lautner is going to be cast as um, Robin, <sighs> and Kristen Stewart's going to be the Joker. That'd be awful. We know what's happening. Matt Reeves has already confirmed that Taylor Lautner is going to be Catwoman. <laughs> he has not confirmed that. I'm just paraphrasing what I my internal monologue. But let's just let's wrap it up here. Is this the only season we're going to get a Swamp Thing? Yes or no? Yep. Is DC Universe doomed? Yep, I, and I I, I, I hate like to what agree DC, with you. I like I, I like what DC Universe is doing. Yeah, I was too. very I was very surprised with Titans. Um, I really enjoyed this first half of Young Justice. Amazing coming back in June. Yep, or July, um, I believe. Doom Patrol, I like. I wouldn't. Yeah, say I like I, it too. I love it. It's really really fucking weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. So was our episode. And, yeah. And then, like, I, I think I was telling you, I've, you know, I belong to some of these uh, Facebook groups. And I and I do I do it more for entertainment purposes. And there's there are some people, like, if this does not get a Golden Globe or an Emmy for best show, that it's rigged. And I'm like, dude, it's not that good. Like, It's not going to get that. No. It's going to get en- Brendan Fraser some movies, though. <laughs> I enjoy it. I wouldn't yeah. say it's a fantastic series. No, I mean for I think it's it exceeded expectations when it comes to me. And yeah. um Alan Tudyk is fantastic in it, but I will mm-hmm. I will say Jovian Wade has been amazing this entire season as Cyborg. I have to disagree. I he is my least favorite character. Oh, see I like what they're doing with him. I like the storyline. I love his acting. I think he was amazing in it. I think his no, I I, I don't like my, his portrayal my, of my least favorite my least favorite character is Rita. She probably my second, but if, I, if I, any, good. I don't like I from start to finish. I I hate his portrayal of Cyborg. Yeah, well, you had a bias going into it, and I understand. I completely get it. A lot of people don't like Cyborg. I'm just in the minority. Um, if this wins a Golden Globe for anything, it needs to be uh, Crazy Jane's performance. Yep, she's yeah. amazing. She's so is. good, so so good. Just I, the way she's bouncing back and forth, she's amazing. I think Alan Tudyk's performance, you kind of mentioned this, is straight up phenomenal. And it's very, like, it's weird. It's fourth wall breaking. It's like a weird uh, Deadpool. Yeah. Because he's like, they know they're on a television show. He was wearing Doom Patrol production hat he's a, shirt. He's wearing merch. I want that shirt. And he, yeah. like, took off the poster and, like, he's like, oh, Cyborg doesn't fit here. He's like, he's the fan. I, I love everything about it. But 
I agree with you with everything you said. I think this is the only season of Swamp Thing. Unfortunately, I think the DC universe is is doomed. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but I would love to see it, you know, rise to the occasion, get out of the swamps, and you know, be a titan of streaming services. Yeah, but, I I don't think Swamp Thing is going to fail. I think the DC universe is going to fail, and before it Swamp Thing gets a season two, I think it's going to fold. Totally. Um, so let's get out of here. Let's do our plugs, and we can uh, talk about a lot more things next week when we do our Godzilla episode. But we are all over social media: the Active Geek on Instagram, Active Geek underscore on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, uh, all the podcast directories. You can find us: Galaxy Wars, Box Office Flashback Podcast, Binks in the Beards Podcast. You can find Chuck on Instagram: Chuck underscore the Active Geek, AG Cosplayer. The what do you call her? The cutest little cosplayer in the world. Uh, the coolest little cosplayer coolest little cosplayer on instagram you can find her there you can find all of our information episodes contact information on activegeekproductions.com we have a phone number if you want to call talk swamp thing debate us do you like cyborg do you like rita who cares just debate us uh 856-254-2901 call us there um and listen to us next week when we're back with the oh we have patreon you can reach out to us on patreon patreon.com slash active geek we're going to start uh, putting out a lot more Patreon subscriber-only content, so make sure you uh, get on that that wave. If I'm going to be hip, get on our wave. And then um, be back next week as we talk Godzilla, King of Monsters. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Mike, talk a little bit about the Ticks cancellation and uh, why the world doesn't deserve the Tick right now. And uh, for the Active Geek Podcast, I'm Jim. And we are out. <laughs>